DJ Simulationistas, sup, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. Welcome, DJ Simulationista. Sup? You're here with Janice Palaganis and and Dan Raymer. What's up, up Janice Jan? Have you been? I've been. I've been doing fine. I've been. Um, been doing a lot of procrastinating lately. Okay, that's not maybe, good. Maybe we should talk about that. I think it's so interesting how you know working together with groups of people, everybody has their own style of getting things done, and there's a certain amount of procrastination in everyone and how it comes out is always sort of fascinating. Uh, especially, I mean, in this this project that I'm trying to finish up with the grant, it's been so interesting how trying to find the balance of slowing down to go fast and still going fast. And then there's also the procrastination <laughs> and trying to find ways to still keep something moving. So you need to back up a little bit. Um, so the grant you're talking about is your grant from the Josiah Macy Foundation to develop an online simulation uh, virtual campus, I believe. Yep, an online community of practice. Uh, try me again about what you said about the... Sure. We're developing a feedback course. Uh -huh. And as with everything that we do at CMS, there are all these kind of meta levels of each module. Kind of like how you say when, when you're at a conference, not to talk about simulation, but to just do it. Uh -huh. It's kind of the same thing. So we have to th be very thoughtful about all of the exercises because we don't want to just lecture in, in the old traditional format. We want them to experience it, but there uh -huh. needs to be this overall flow of the course of a building of the experience and, and in a way where they can really reflect and build on their own reflections. And so it's pouring a lot of thought into something yet, you know, we, every, we have this timeline and as you know, at CMS, everyone's got lots of thoughts. And in my experience, it's collecting those thoughts and bringing it all together that make what we do really great. And so you can't just ignore other people's thoughts. You really do want to review it with people within the team. And, and as you know, and just like every other team, there are some people that tend to get paralyzed as they analyze every little bullet point of learning objective or whatever. And then there are people that just want to kind of get it done and over to be able to move forward to the next thing. And so finding that balance between both has been really challenging and really interesting and fun for me, actually. Fun. Can that's, you believe I'm saying fun? Yeah, fun. That's, so, that's, so, that's so relevant and pertinent. My lovely wife and I are planning a, a trip and we have very different styles in that regard. So we were going, we're planning on going to this one location and we looked up hotels. I found one that looked like it was fine and 
we actually wound up having to call them and make a reservation and we did and then we looked at the pictures of the place and my wife didn't think it looked that nice and I had to agree with her and so we found another place that was much nicer and we made a reservation and, and that was it but I knew this would happen she when I left uh, to go do something, looked up five or six more places. And she's never satisfied unless she's considered all of the options. And she'll vacillate from one to the other. Where I'm, you know, I'm thoughtful about it, but once the decision's made, I've made the decision. I don't want to go back and revisit it. I don't, I don't, I don't want to you know, I don't want to look at five more places, I'm done. And, and so I think that represents two, you know, really different styles. And so how do you manage to kind of tolerate the other person's style and balance the two styles so you get something done? The worst that will happen is we'll go to this place and we won't have a reservation anywhere. <laughs> be sleeping in the back of the car. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad option. <laughs> Janice, I'm an old man. I, I don't think I can sleep in the back of a car anymore. Maybe there was a time when I could, but uh, not anymore. So yeah, I mean, it, it has been it has been challenging and 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 what I've been able to do to make it fun, I guess, is to, as you know, I have a passion in interprofessional education and interprofessional practice. And so allowing the process to happen and being able to observe how we function as a team has been very interesting to me and fun, even though it's, it's really challenging. I've been working on a research uh, project, and this research project has been going on way too long. <laughs> and I feel really responsible because I was brought into the project to be sort of the mentor because the people who wrote the original proposal um, had no research experience uh, to, to speak of or very little. But they were enthusiastic, you know, really bright and energetic young clinicians. And so they wound up writing the proposal and I helped them a lot with it. And I thought that, you know, we'd never get the grant. And then miraculously, we got the grant. And so we had to do the research project. And, and one of them is considered the principal investigator. And, you know, he has a very laissez-faire kind of uh, attitude about the whole thing. And, and it's just dragged and dragged and dragged. And I, I I've done a poor job of mentoring him to, you know, somebody's got to be the one that says uh, to one person, you know, I appreciate that you're really, really detail-oriented and you want to analyze and reanalyze and reanalyze, but we need to actually get something concluded here and publish it before it becomes obsolete. And, uh, and so far he's been unwilling to do that. And so I, I, I think, I think that can be, you know, this topic of how the styles blend together can be paralyzing. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that's, you know, I mean, you know, and we had, 
like I get it. And I, I, I have to say, you know, working at previous organizations before our group, there are many things that you can learn in MBA programs. I used to teach for an MBA program that can move projects forward. And they seem to work at other organizations. They don't really seem to work with ours. <laughs> so, for example, as you know, because you were the first person on the list, um, one thing that I really had to get done was a definition that could be represented by CMS that everybody could back. And so I thought the quickest way to do it, being that we're all over the world, everybody's traveling, teaching somewhere in the world or doing different things, the most efficient way that we could get this done is if I did a round robin through a Google Doc and just listed names in alphabetical order and said, you've got two-day turnaround. If you don't get to it, it's moving to the next person. Sorry. Or if you can't get to it and you still want to get to it, put cross your name off, put it on the bottom of the list, go to the next person. And so I gave everyone this time limit and it's still not working. I feel like I have to still bug people and um, and get it through. And then and then there, there are people like you, Dan Raymer, that just completely erased the original definition and put in like a one-liner and everybody. And what's really interesting in our group is that every single person has a different definition. <laughs> So it just did not make it more efficient. Like, I'm going to have to sit down and really look at everybody's definition for all good reason. Everyone's got these great definitions, but try to merge it together and it's got to go around again. Like, I'm thinking one round robin would be great. It's difficult to get it done with our group because everyone are just everyone's just a thought leader. Yeah, I think you just said the perfect words. Uh, everybody's a thought leader and nobody's a thought follower. <laughs> so uh, so it's so predictable that whatever you handed me, I'd have a completely different take on it and uh, sabotage the whole process. But you do need to look inward. Pretty naive of you to think that a round robin approach. Yeah. Yeah. would work. Right. Um, no, no, I wasn't at all surprised. I mean, I was hoping, I gave it my best hope that it would be efficient, but not at all surprised. And and actually, I'm amused by, uh, like I said, the, the reason I'm not frustrated anymore with this project is I just take a step back from, from the scientific, uh, the behavioral scientist perspective and just really am amuse myself with, of course, this would happen. <laughs> it becomes kind of fun. Well, I guess on any team, it's really, really important to, to be curious and know your teammates. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, knowing what their tendencies are, uh, knowing what their style is, what, what their true interests are, what do they need. I know when I'm working in a group, and in my research group that with this struggling research project, the topic of publication came up. And, and my first question to each person was, what is important to you about publishing this? You know, is there, is there a professional angle to this? Do you need this publication for your promotion? Do you uh, intend to use this publication as a springboard to uh, some other activity, some job that you'd like to do? You know, what are the possible reasons that the, getting this paper out will, will help you? Because I realize that, 
you know, that some way to motivate everybody was essential. It's just dragged on forever. Mm-hmm. And we haven't tapped into what is really important to people about this particular project and the topic that we're working on. And and it's just so frustrating because we had we ran, I think, quite a beautiful experiment and we have some really interesting data. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm at the point in my career where where I'm retiring, not getting promoted, and publishing another paper doesn't really mean anything to me professionally other than I'm just really curious about the topic and want to get an answer to the question. Um, uh, In this particular case, it's about emergency manuals and do they help or hurt? And and I just think that, um, you know, I really want an answer to that question. But other people, I realize, have other motivations. And so in order to move the group along, I have to know, really, really know and understand my colleagues, what's important to them here. Mm -hmm. Because without finding that out, I I guess I'm just guessing at what will motivate them. Mm -hmm. You know, do I just set a deadline or do I say, you know, if you... Um, if you really write the discussion section, that would make you the first author. And because this publication is important to your promotion, I think that would be really, you know, really a big deal if you were the first author to this paper. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by by just kind of figuring out what people need, um, sometimes you, you can really get a group to work together more quickly. Well, there's a few things that I like about that. And I think the top thing is that you can lead even though you're not the leader by doing exactly what you're seeing is trying to figure out what people's motivations are and try to push it forward from there. What interests me is that you had started this discussion with that you're procrastinating. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to know what, would motivate you to get it going again? Because it sounds like you're just really frustrated with the process and the lag. And I mean, can you get motivated by thinking of other people's motivations? That's a great question. So I think I think that's part of it. If I knew what this work meant to the other people, it might stimulate me to, um, you know, dig in and work on it. I also think that... Uh, Finding the appropriate time is is really critical for me that, you know, there's a big chunk of work and I know it's the kind of work. So there's a lot of data analysis that's involved here. And um, I, I really need uninterrupted time because once I get deep into the spreadsheet uh, that I'm using to analyze the data, if I get distracted and have to stop and start, it's almost like starting all over again. I look back and go, what did I do here? And what did I do there? And, uh, you know, why is that number, you know, yeah, uh, the same come way. out the way? And, and so, so I need un, un, uninterrupted time. So I guess that's my own exploration. Thank you. I just, you've, you've just helped me explore well, what would... It's just you. I feel like that's the reason why lots of worlds and not 
I don't see it very much in healthcare. Um, but I, like I've told you before, you know, I took engineering classes in college and have done some clinic clinicals, if you will, with um, different engineering companies, and and they do a lot of sprinting and a lot of what well, I guess they call it scrum boarding. And I I wrote a little section of this in my textbook for the Society for Simulation Healthcare called Defining Excellence in Simulation Programs. And and it's really trying to push teams forward on on multiple projects. And sprinting has been really successful in all of these other groups because I think it's pretty human that, you know, you'll forget things if it goes too long. And and if you can go on sprints together and everybody feels like they're working and being productive, it just makes the project all that more successful. Yeah, I think that's true. But I, but I think the really understanding people before you do something like that's important because uh-huh. we sort of tried that on our research project. Oh. You know, we, we'll have a we'll have a phone meeting and we'll get all psyched and we'll say, all right, everybody, by next week, uh, you know, here are the five jobs and we've handed them out. Everybody needs to be done with their job in, in you know, in a week, in five days, you know, um, and, and uh, it just hasn't worked. Uh-huh. And, and I think it hasn't worked because that hasn't met the needs of various people on the team. Hmm. And and so finding what those needs are, I think, is critical. And, you know, just as you asked me, why are you procrastinating? What is it that's standing in your way? What do you need to get out of this? Those sorts of questions really help with the understanding of, you know, if if everybody on the team knew that I needed uninterrupted time and they had a way to help me find that, Mm-hmm. It would move the project along. Well, dedicated you know? time's a big thing too. And then finding ways not to get distracted. That's huge. I I guess I guess if uh, you know, it's a group of clinicians, if they're unable to work on this project, if they had the same issue and they were unable to work on it, then maybe coming up with a way that they could cover each other's clinical duties so that they would have some uninterrupted time, Mm -hmm. maybe one after the other, maybe that would be a much more productive way to go about solving the logjam and curing the, the, what, what seems like procrastination and a kind of a, it would move it from what seems to be a psychological problem to a technical problem that could be overcome. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's an important thing about about working together in teams. I think one thing that I definitely want to say that I've learned from working at the Center for Medical Simulation is, you know, I used to I used to formulate my own teams. Uh, before coming to CMS. And I would always pick people that I thought were really productive and could get things done efficiently and were somewhat resourceful. And so what I've come to learn is that, you know, kind of like that saying, you want to surround yourself with people who don't agree with you to get the best possible product. For this project, I have included people that I know would actually slow down the project because they're a lot more thoughtful. And just in my experience with CMS, having people that really do stop the project 
to say, hey, we got to think deeper than this, that makes it so much better. And I know that I like to speed things away with good thought, but just, you know, sometimes it's nice to have someone say, we're not giving this enough thought. You know, in the world of healthcare, we do want things fast, instant gratification. We do want to move quickly and effectively and not to be afraid of including people on your team and, and do it intentionally to create better products. You know, uh, Adam Chang from uh, Calgary, Yes, I'm, I'm sure. I hope he's listening to this podcast because <laughs> he's the f- most favorite person I've ever worked with uh, on a project. <laughs> we, we wrote a paper together and he's the very definition of never procrastinating. Uh-huh. So, so <laughs> as soon as we would finish the phone call, conversation, which was a very typical classic meeting on the phone. And at the end of the meeting, you know, we would summarize what our uh, deliverables were and what we had to do. And, and by the time I hung up the phone, got my apple and my uh, caffeine-free Diet Coke, and drank them, uh, uh, my email would would uh, ring and there would be all of the things that Adam had promised to do because uh-huh. he just has this philosophy of doing them immediately and never procrastinating. Yeah. And I, I so admire that. I just wish I've I... written a paper with him too. And yeah, yeah. same thing. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we should interview him on the next podcast. Sounds good. How does he do it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, this okay. is great. I think you should uh, block off four hours and get back to your research. I think I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's raining right now. Maybe I'll do it now. <laughs> yeah, you can't play tennis. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Bye. Okay, take care. Good to talk to you. DJ Simulationistas, sup, is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedsim.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.